welcome to the podcast. Hey. Cheers. As always, we start with some JMO. Cheers, guys. Oh my god, I'm sure not ready for that. Oh. Oh. Ay, ay, ay. It's like hot ones. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Okay, so I'm Logan. Hi, everybody. We're in the taco truck at Tacolicious in beautiful Shanghai in Jing'an District. I'm joined by the always awesome, amazing Elisha with an E bagels. Hi, I'm Elisha, cocktail writer, and today we have a special guest, Logan. Special guest host. Ooh. Our other two hosts, Kelvin and Helena, are down sick. Yeah. And so we brought in the big guns. All right, I got a feeling the space for two, huh? So this is Anna. Anna, tell us a bit about yourself. I'm Anna Souza. I've been in Asia for a very long time. I've been four years in Shanghai where I run an events company called Banana Bunch Social Club with my <laughs> friend Hannah. And I used to be the bar manager of 1515 West at Jingan Shangri-La. And before that, I think a lot of people know me as the former head bartender of the Pontiac in Hong Kong. And you actually, um, of course we all know you were uh, part of the Pontiac family. Uh, can you tell our listeners a bit about the Pontiac for those who don't know? It's a very famous bar here in Asia. Yes, uh, so we opened back in 2015, and initially we were an all-girls bar, which I think there was a big noise in the industry for that, because we were like a punk rock, rebel, cocktail bar, a little bit divey, a little bit fancy, and we were all-girls, so yeah, it was a great experience, great bar. Yeah. Still love the girls, still love the family, miss it a lot. Yeah, shout out to our to our pals over in Hong Kong. Yeah. Yep. Oh, honkies. <laughs> uh, well, that's we call them honkies, right? I, I'm, I guess, sl- slightly offensively. Hong Kongers. Yeah, Hong Kongers. Well, I thought it was honkies. Well, we, I'm not being funny either. We, I really did think it was honky. There are like there are so many arguments over this. Is it Hong Kongese? Is it Hong Konger? Mm-hmm. Is it honky? Because I know they call <laughs> somebody a Shanghai Lander is now a bad thing, like because it was more of like an oppressive thing back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe Honky is out. Shang, Shanghai Islander, that makes me think of like some kind of action movie. I oh. always just say Shanghai Nese. It's a bar. Yeah, but like Shanghai Islanders, that's what they called everybody. It's a bar? Shanghai Islander? Yeah, 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 it's a bar. But like a hundred years ago, there was, everybody was called the Shanghai Islander. Oh. Like all, mm-hmm. all the foreigners here were Shanghai Islanders. Oh. That's what that was, the, like the, the name instead of uh, expat. Like and people now who land, just... like literally people who landed in Shanghai? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, from all walks of life. And okay. that was just drunk Lao Eyes. Drunk Lao Eyes and, and yes. dirty Santa Clauses. Which brings us to our point of our podcast today. We're talking about festive, seasonal Christmas and holiday drinks. Yeah. And so the reason we wanted to ask Anna here today is because uh, Anna pretty much dominates the nog market here in Shanghai. The eggnog. Yeah, so the eggnog market. For this. So she's got several different types of homemade eggnog that uh, she's slinging to all the thirsty folks in Shanghai. And so we wanted to talk about the way she makes it and you know uh, how it's perceived here in china and and that kind of thing yeah so why don't we start off why don't you tell well, us let's start off what are we drinking right now right now we're drinking anna's coconut eggnog yeah so it's a lactose free coconut eggnog uh because i realized a lot of people especially in asia are lactose intolerant so we needed mm. to find something less heavy on the cream but uh basically i always made eggnogs for house parties and people always ask me to make extra so this year I decided I'm going to make them by the bottle, I'm going to sell them. And I really thought when we put the flyer out that we're going to sell 5 or 10 bottles. And we are now at 45 bottles and counting, which means my house is filled up with 
all sorts of eggs. Yeah. And all liters and liters of all types of creams and milks. But yeah, I think people are accepting really well. I think it's working out. It's delicious. So, uh, okay, so there, you know, we'll get into talking about traditional eggnog, but since we're drinking this coconut-based one right now, can you tell us the difference? Like, what is your eggnog in comparison to something like Coquito? Ooh. 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 <laughs> well, the egg. The part uh, of the egg. This is why okay. we have Alicia on the podcast, guys. She's talking <laughs> serious deep butts. Uh, also, Coquito has a condensed milk, right? So this one yeah. is made like like a traditional eggnog. So okay. it's, it's an egg custard base. Mm-hmm. So we start with the, the egg yolks and the sugar, and then we temper it with hot coconut cream and milk blend. Oh. So it's the same recipe as basically a classic nog, just with no no um, lactose, so coconut cream and coconut milk. Okay. And I use different spices because I was thinking about going for that tropical vibe, so we mm-hmm. the plan is to mix it, if you want an alcoholic, with dark rum. Okay. So I add a lot of ginger and a lot of gingerbread spices mm. instead of the classic nutmeg. Okay. And so, okay, so you go with rum in this one. What what kind of alcohol do you put in your other eggnog? I go for bourbon for the very classic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we also made a, a coffee eggnog, mm-hmm. and then that one went really well with uh, with all sorts of dark spirits. Okay. So we go well with tequila, we go well with um, with dark rum and... Brandy. So one brandy, yeah. Mm. I, I also made a spiced apple eggnog. And oh, shit, goes, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And that one goes really well with uh, Apple Jack. Oh, so we're using Apple Jack I love it. Apple Jack. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I made a pumpkin spice eggnog. Oh my gosh. That sounds great. That sounds <laughs> it goes really, really well with bourbon. So yeah, we have like a whole range. But right now for the for the season, I'm only selling the coconut and the classic because I'm a bit overwhelmed on the orders. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean. Yeah, that is definitely fair. So, I mean, I think you're originally you're from Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is coconut a big thing? Or it's not coconut, sorry. But uh, is eggnog a big thing for for this time of year or no? Not for this time of year because our winter is like the northern hemisphere summer, right? Yeah. So it's in June, July. So when it's cold, we do have a very similar, basically the same drink. And uh, we drink it a lot with Guinness in it. So we basically make an eggnog with Guinness. An eggnog? That yeah. Sounds, that sounds delicious. Yeah, honestly. so we beat, like, we beat I... the, the, the custard, basically. And instead of topping up with like... Um, yeah, with like any other alcohol, we put we put Guinness and then like beat it up with uh yeah, so it's like or or dark beer in general and you have it cool. hot. We have it oh. hot, so it's supposed to be really good for cough. Oh, well, like my mom says, really good for cough. Yeah. I don't know. That's the perfect segue into a little bit of eggnog history, okay. actually, because uh both of these they both of those things you just said, drinking it hot and uh, using Guinness in your eggnog, kind of relate back to the. Okay, so let's talk about the history of eggnog. Now, of course, like so many of our favorite cocktails, the history can be a bit fuzzy, right? Um, there's Everything is just based on what people have written down in various ways. So let's talk about the general thought about eggnog, which is that it comes from a medieval drink called posset. Do you guys know about Actually, no. posset? <laughs> yeah, you drink it on the reg? Fuck, I, I've been rolling with faucet since... Days of underroos. Posset, though. It's posset with a P. Oh, no. My boys call it faucet. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, like, even more yeah, old school. You put, some, you put some scissor up in there and it's faucet. Okay. I think Little Wayne OD'd on posset, didn't he? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not sure. We'd have to look into that further. Okay, so what is posset with a P? Okay, so posset with a P was some kind of uh, wine or ale that was curdled with milk and spices. 
Oh, interesting. So they did like a milk punch. I mean, basically, a bit. But you, so actually, they would have they would have curdled this and then eat it. Like they add spices and then add the milk and then they would actually strain out the curds and eat that on the side. Now, which so which it's kind of would this been like England or like which medieval country? Europe? Yes, medieval Europe. Because you know, like I know, like England and, and Europe kind of diverge with some of their weird peasant foods. Like, yeah, you go to Germany and like all the pigeon pies. But you go to Sweden, it was yeah. like more like. Like, that's why I wonder who was getting the dairier one. It, it, it custard. I mean, I feel like I'm, I don't know. This is me like guessing history here. Somebody please Google I'm me. No, go. Um, I'm guessing it's Dutch people. Because custard, like classic egg custard, is a very British thing. So it mm-hmm. does sound like it could be something British-ish to me. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it'd be good. I, I, I think it'd be one of those things worth trying one day. Mm-hmm. Like, cause, cause you get deep fried curds anyway. Deep fried curds yeah. from the eggnog, yeah, you and make it into curds. a dessert. Yeah, drizzle it with some like chocolate well, and powdered sugar. What... <laughs> so Guinness with the egg with that custard like an eggnog, and you do it warm is actually really good. Oh, I yeah. don't remember. I think that my mom didn't put milk in it. I don't think there was curd oats. I think mm-hmm. it was just like warm and mm-hmm. it had that like really well beaten like egg custard and mm-hmm. sugar in it, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be like good for you. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's the thing, like, for a, a while it was served kind of as a remedy, um, but then it kind of grew into a thing where it was mostly a drink of the wealthy, right? Because back then it would have, you know, if if you didn't have the money to do it, uh, getting fresh milk and fresh eggs, uh, in addition to some of these spices that we use, right? Like yeah. uh, cinnamon and nutmeg and, you know, cloves, whatever whatever you choose to put in there. Those were definitely reserved for the rich, right? So it was kind of this drink of the wealthy for a long time. Because there were new world spices, right? So yes. They had to be yeah, it was super exciting. Yeah, yeah. So it would not have been something that peasants like us would have been drinking, right, look, you speak know? Speak for yourself. I haven't <laughs> either. I don't know. I've definitely been an aristocrat. Look at the cleft on my chin. Um... <laughs> Um, okay, uh, so that's eggnog, and I think that's really cool at Posset. What else do we think of when we think of uh, eggnogs? Hot buttered rum. Ooh. Oh, sorry, not eggnogs. When you think about um, yeah. festive drinks, right? I'm not done with my history. Yeah, I, I knew oh. Alicia was still sorry, chugging away. <laughs> Cut it off. It's Logan. Logan is the one who uh, moved into, he hates the past, and he's moving into the future. I like <laughs> the past, but you know, the, the history doesn't... Well, I have some I have some other nerdy things that I want to yeah, yeah, mention, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so what, do you guys have any ideas of where Posset would have been name-dropped in literature? Uh, Shakespeare. Hey, you got it. <laughs> I was going to say Shakespeare, too. I and, feel like his name And was, where? I don't think it was going to be in the Quran, so <laughs> you really had 50-50 there. Uh, do, any guesses? Uh, fellow. Charles. No. Oh, no, I was going to say another author. like, Charles Dickens. <laughs> no, no, Shakespeare, that's it, yeah. Okay, okay. it'd be... What, what, if it's on the fellow, it's not going to be in... Um, Hamlet. What, Hamlet, no. No. I don't think it's in Hamlet. I don't think it's in Romeo and Juliet, because that's a warm weather one. I'll give you a hint. Someone poisons the posset. And they all die? <laughs> that's Hamlet, no? No. Also, no. Most of them. It's, it's all I didn't say Macbeth. anything about death. Is it Macbeth? It's Macbeth, yes. Lady Macbeth yeah. poisons the posset to knock out the guards. Yep. Also, she... I noticed that everybody gets poisoned in every Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, poison is really a, a woman's yeah, weapon, he, he historically, a, a you know? Right? Yeah. But, I mean, that was a good way of... Uh, killing people, I guess, yeah, back then, well, that, I think. There was you know? a movie and a book called Perfume mm. about uh, this person that was uh, making obsessed with perfumes. 
And basically, they're making all these perfumes, and they got really obsessed with scent. Uh-huh. And they ended up killing people to get their essence. Wow. But it, it really happened in the middle of the times. Like somebody got really obsessed with perfumes and started murdering people and oh. doing perfumes. Oh, can I, can I have a side story? Yeah. Side totally note? not related. So the Eastern Italian serial killer, she was a woman, and she created a poison that she used to sell to other women mm-hmm. so they could kill their husbands. Oh, yeah. yeah, so it was called Aqua... I need to bring this. I know what you're talking she, about, yeah. She has an actual name. Like It was made out of like Belladonna or something, and she used to... She had a whole ring, and they would kill a lot of people, and then she, she got busted at home. She used to sell it to people, basically, if a woman had an abusive husband or something, yeah. she'd go to her mm. and buy this poison and poison her husband and kill it. So she killed like, a lot of men. And she used to literally sell it, like mm-hmm. in an apothecary. Yeah, but you have to have a code to get in to, to do it. It was like a speakeasy kind of way to buy the poison. Do you, do you guys watch Killing Eve? Yes. There, there's an episode where she kills someone like that with the perfume. It's great. So, back to drinks, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, so that's how eggnog started, right? And then, obviously, it starts to evolve. So, it, you know, in the beginning... Um, there, it didn't always have eggs. It was mostly about the milk, and then people started like adding eggs into oh, so the. Oh, maybe nog first. Yes. <laughs> so what came first, the was... nog or the egg? I know. Yeah, nog. it's it's that endless question, you know. Um, and it's, but there was a a few different ways that it went. Okay, so what's a what's one of our most popular egg drinks? Bartenders. Flips. Yes. Okay. Well, I like a Ramus Gin Fizz. Egg white, though, that's kind of newer. Like, they use the, yeah. like, emulsified egg whites for, like, foam. It's, it's newer. I think, like, we got the flips. Yeah, so the, the flip, flip was flip was what I was thinking yeah. about, okay. yeah. Um, where, actually, the dairy was removed, right? And it was only egg oh, to yeah, make yeah. it, yeah, make its creamy drink. Um, and then there was, uh, what do I want to talk about? A syllabub. I don't know that. Another funny name, which is when you started adding acid in to... Um, for the curdling, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so egg, eggs uh, came into the mix as like a more full-time thing, and something that we got was syllabub, which was kind of, you know, similar to uh, a flip, um, but syllabub was like a maritime drink where it was ale, rum, eggs, and sugar, you know? So that's where, that's really the flip. It sounds like a cake. Yeah, it, it is It is very cake. Are you big eggnog? I, uh, okay, so <laughs> I've got a good story about that. Only you know? if the story tra- uh, goes to the next story. It, 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 it will. It will, will move into new dessert sweets, I think. Okay, so I, I was trying to make clarified eggnog yeah. a couple of years ago uh, with the help of the wonderful Tom Edgerton. Um, and I, so I tried to make it uh, in the office where I was working. And so you're supposed to kind of heat it slowly, you know, to cause the separation between the the stuff and it just turned into batter just cake batter i burnt the pan so bad that there was like batter all over the office totally fucked up the pan and then i was like well now i have this like clump i have this egg clump like maybe i can still strain it it did not work i yeah, failed i really when failed you, when you clarify with egg white rice so when you're doing like a like it's, it's usually used for soups mm-hmm. so you can make like a tomato soup and you can add the egg whites like and consomme yes yeah. yeah. right yeah. you let it boil and take it out but then I feel like if you want to do a clarified eggnog, you use you normally you temper the eggs right before making the eggnog, so you slowly add the milk, yeah, and keep beating it up to make sure the eggs cook in that liquid form, yeah. Because if you just throw the eggs into the into the bowl, you're gonna have like scrambled eggs. Yeah, yeah. that's what I so had. So I feel like you, for clarifying, kind of would have to do that. You kind of just have to use the egg protein to, yeah, to separate the milk. Pro- it sounds. 
Sounds very difficult. Well, he had this like very nice, he made this kind of awesome pondon eggnog and he tried a clarified version and then decided to go with without clarifying because that was the just just more, yeah, just yeah. more seasonal. But I was like, I really want to try this and I failed miserably. Yeah, well, I'll say that. Sometimes, you know, you gotta, to make some eggnog, you break a few eggs. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it was there, right? Nobody, nobody, it's still, if, even if it's low-hanging fruit, it's still fruit. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what's another Christmas drink we could all agree on? Would be well, like mold wine. Mold wine. Right? I was gonna yeah. bring mold wine. I'm like, everybody's making mold wine though. Mold wine's a bit overdone. Mold wine is, I think, it's a staple. Yeah, wine. it is a it is a like, staple. Like the Germans, the Dutch, I think they have Glühwein. Yes. In the South, in the U.S., we have Wesel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mold wine, so I think it's a traditional Christmassy thing. I or, think it's traditionally you know, German. Like, or Austrian or something. In I the, feel the like Germanic everything. Area. I, I, I'm sure Alicia has the facts to back it up, but I'm sure every culture has had some kind of version of hot wine with spices in it. Yeah. I mean, well, before we go into my uh, nerdy, my nerdy part, what do you guys think makes a good mulled wine? Right, because you just said it. You pretty much right now in Shanghai, you can throw a rock and hit a mulled wine, yeah, right? Oh yeah. And yeah. I, I kind of get like sick of it going into places, and everyone's like mulled wine. That's why I'm in the nog game. Yeah, <laughs> no, I like it. And but the thing is, people really expect it here, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I, I feel that a lot of bars and restaurants, they, they, they're you're almost obligated to carry oh, you're 100% it. 100% obligated. Right? Like, give so, people what they want. And you'll be asked, especially, I think that's something that the, the Chinese, like the locals really associate with the season. Especially, yeah. they think that for Western festive season, you have mold wine. Yeah. So they will actually walk into a bar and be like, why is it mold wine? Yeah. Like, I don't have one. <laughs> well, so can you guys tell me what you think makes a, a good mold wine? Because I think about it, at, you know, as also a consumer, I think about it the way I think about sangria. is like, it can be delicious, but it can also be recipe for the worst hangover yeah. ever. Yeah. Right. So what, what's in your, what's in your mold wine, guys? Well, I think that part of the bad hangover is that you usually got to use bad wine <laughs> because you're going to be adding so much yeah. of other things to it. Right. And also a lot of people add a lot of sugar and the more sugar we have in drinks, the more, you know, we have like insulin, like yeah. drops about all mm-hmm. So, uh, I like a fortified, um, mold wine. Mm-hmm. So I like to add like something like Cointreau mm-hmm. or something like a brandy to it mm-hmm. because another problem that I've seen a lot of mold wines, a lot of people cook it a bit too much. So mm-hmm. then you kind of lose the alcohol in it. Okay. So I would add like a, a fortifier to it. Yeah. Um, spices, fruits. Yeah, like I, I like to make fairly classic, but I like adding a little bit of grapefruit, so it gives a little bit of bitterness. Mm-hmm. So I'll go like orange, grapefruit, apples, cloves, cinnamon, nutmeg, and mm-hmm. yeah. This I think this time of year is like the clove season. Like yeah, at clove salespeople are like, this is our gear to shine. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Clove, brother, bastard, man. It's like the one time of year for cloves. Yeah, big clove is just like crushing it right now. I know. Yeah. Those clove sales. Because, like, yeah, what else do you I mean? You put cloves in, like, a holiday ham, I guess. It's, yeah, it's all clovey stuff. It's right? all clovey holidays, stuff. Yeah. But if you put too much cloves, it can really fuck something up. But, like, I mean, I want that because you don't really have cloves in summer drinks as much. Or maybe that flavor just to us is now just synonymous. It's very winter spice, winter yeah. winter spice drink. Oh, on a, on a segue of this, um, cinnamon, it's usually, like, I realize that Northern Hemisphere people, when you talk to Europe or Americans, they usually associate that with Christmas. Yeah. Which is funny, because in Latin America, we use cinnamon for everything at all time of the year. Yeah. So we'll have, like, summer drinks with, like, pineapple and cinnamon, right? Like, it's, yeah. not, it's not like a Christmassy thing to us mm-hmm. exactly. So yeah. when you add the others, like the nutmeg and, like, cloves, and that becomes more 
more Christmassy to me. Mm-hmm. But cinema, I'm like, it's a year-round thing. It's a staple. You have to have it in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, for us, we use a Dutch recipe to make our mold wine. And so it's a long, complicated, arduous process. It's like 70,000 ingredients that we use. Oh, really? Our uh, process of putting everything in a pan. No, it's not. We can make our own syrup for it. <gasps> Logan, you make your own syrup I for I it? Oh, my God. You make syrup at a bar? I have people that do that for me. <laughs> Logan and I talk about making syrup a lot. Yeah, but you're... Yeah. So, uh, Elisha with is very into making our own syrups for small scale. Yeah, for small scale. Like, we make our own syrups. Like, our sangria, we make our own syrup mix yeah. for it. But, like, our mold wine, we have to do a bunch of bunch of arduous processes to make the windmill guy happy mm. otherwise dice is not wearing his wooden clogs happily well th- I, I think that's Simon fair a you shout know? out for you listening at home let him have let him have his time of year i make i make all my syrups i like fresh syrups yeah but i mean but no mold wine i think it's i'm not a big i just don't like hot drinks that much i don't either but i i get the value <sighs> of them i do i like my hot but not mold wine. It's not. It's not my jam. I mean, I, unless I'm outside on a Christmas market and I'm wearing reindeer ears, like antlers, and you're in the mood for it. Yeah. 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 I, I'm feeling that vibe. I'll go for it. But I'm more of like a hot toddy. Hot yeah. Toddy I like it. I do like it. I do like a toddy. Yeah. yeah I, like a toddy. I like a toddy, and I do like, uh, which is a good segue to the next one we're going to do is hot apple ciders. Mm. Oh yes. Have you had hot butter cider? Oh, I want to now. Yeah. Anytime you add butter to it, it just sounds good. Yeah, I used to make it back in the day. Uh, actually, shout out to John O'Toole if he's hearing it. They used to make for Mictors, because he used to work with Mictors, he used to make um, this uh, basically like rye, sorry, this rye, uh, apple juice, cider, and butter. So it was like a butter, oh, butter cider. Yeah. All the spices and all that. Yeah. And it was just so decadent and so good. It was just like getting my mouth. Yeah, yeah well, so, stuff is good, yeah. It's yeah, that's, good. I mean, so that's a very like. I think that the way Logan, you and I will think of cider is quite different than the way maybe our European listeners would think of cider, which already, it, like, okay, okay, so there's, you know, like, brewed cider, obviously it comes yeah. in a bottle, already has alcohol, but in the U.S., apple cider is a non-alcoholic thing that you get mm-hmm. in jugs, like, at the farmer's market or, or whatever, yeah. um, and then we spike it afterwards, which I think is the best way, you know, like, putting the booze into this, so the hot buttered one you're talking about is more like that which is like a apple juice right both. so normally what we do is like we cook uh the, the apple juice with the butter and mm-hmm. with the spices mm-hmm. and then add rye and top up with cider oh with actual like with actual alcohol like, wow yeah, warm. i like, like that what we do is we started doing hot apple cider and the reason we started doing it was uh because we do these christmas markets so we're on the bun like, yeah starting tomorrow we're on the bun every weekend mm-hmm. And we have a big Christmas market booth, and we thought it wasn't fair to people that didn't drink. Because mm-hmm. mold wine yeah. is going to be, it's mold wine. Wine's in the title. Yeah. There's alcohol in it. Yeah. But, you know, apple cider, you could add the hot apple cider, you could add this stuff, or spice cider. So yeah. yeah. You could add this stuff to it afterwards. And, mm-hmm. you know, so if you want to drink, you could drink, of course. If you don't want to drink, you'd still have a nice time. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's one of those things like hot chocolate, even. Mm-hmm. You know, hot chocolate is much Ooh. better. Like, opera ski hot chocolate. Yeah. Mexican hot chocolate. Oh, Mexican I hot love chocolate. Mexican hot chocolate. Add some cinnamon, some cayenne. I like, yeah. I do like uh, chartreuse hot chocolate. Oh, yeah. You do. I, I remember that. Yeah, you drinking the chartreuse. I yeah. was uh, skiing in uh, Maribel. Hmm, that's nice. <laughs> oh, fancy. Sorry. We, we, we went to the same place Schumacher crashed. We went to a couple <laughs> <week> later. <laughs> Yeah. There were bits of helmet everywhere on the Black Diamonds. But yeah. Oh there was, he's he's not a peasant really like us. 
Yeah. No, not a peasant. Kind of Fan of Fancy skiing. Yeah, well, you know, somebody's got to do it, guys. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, hot chocolate and chartreuse is amazing. Yeah. Mm. So I think even, instead of saying winter drinks, I think we could have gone for opera ski. Yeah, it's true. For the theme. No, I, I love Mexican hot chocolate, so every time I used to go to Mexico very often before the world collapsed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you need you need the the like the cacao you need it from Mexico. They have like, just a different flavor, yeah, just a different so yeah. profile. Yeah. And together, you throw some cayenne, mm-hmm. you throw some uh, cinnamon, throw a few cloves, and then heat that up and mm. grate with calvados, mm-hmm. grate with brandy, but yeah. also tequila. Get like an Asian yeah. tequila to it. Yeah, you need a reposado or better. Yeah, yeah, you need something. You can't like, do a silver. Silver doesn't have the body for it. I, yeah. I did. Uh, my friend and I did once. Like a, a we actually made a Mexican hot chocolate milk punch. With mezcal, and it was really nice because that smoky with the spicy and the chocolate, like, I feel like it's just such a nice combination. It's it's almost like a mole. Like, I wanted to do a mole hot chocolate. Yeah. Now, I can tell you the first time I I remember (laughs) Anna's face when you said that was just like, (laughs) (laughs) those chocolate mole bitters, I love Mm, that. Those are good. No, I had, I remember. I want to hear her thoughts after you finish (laughs) this thought. Yeah. The first time I had. A grown-up hot chocolate. We were outside the UN building in Manhattan as mm-hmm. a child. I was like maybe like eight or nine, and I remember we sat down. That's the first time you had grown-up hot chocolate. Yeah. Wow. Like not sweetened hot chocolate. Oh, I thought you meant oh, like alcohol. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> grown-up grown is not sweetened. Like, okay. like you know, hot. Uh, okay, hot okay, okay. Like, but not, like we're in a French restaurant or something okay. next to the UN building. So like not Swiss messy. Chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate. Chocolate. And I just remember it was so bitter. And not sweetened. And I was like, oh, I hate being an adult. Like, I was eight years old. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is nasty. <laughs> but it, like, it, it stuck on me because all of our hot chocolate generally is always sweetened, we always talk about. I don't know if it's an American thing, but like in Brazil, did you always have sweetened hot chocolate? Yeah, I mean, uh, depends. Because uh, you can buy just the, the, the cocoa powder and then you can make as sweet as yeah. you like. But we also have the, the standard brands, like the Milo's and things like this that come all sweetened. Yeah. I mean... Um, so, yeah, it's both. I feel like, Logan, probably, like, as a child like me, your your experience with hot chocolate was a lot of Swiss Miss. Yeah. Right? That, so, Swiss so, and marshmallows. Yeah. This is the way to go. Yeah. And that, and that is super sweet, right? So, I think you can still have an adult hot chocolate with a little bit of sweetener in there just yeah. to cut through that bitterness. So, um, yeah. I have uh, two, two fun facts, I guess. First is that uh, when you... When you brought up the chocolate with mezcal, I can also see it because I think one of the most traditional parts of Mexico for hot chocolate is actually Oaxaca. Uh-huh. So when you go there, you have like Oaxaca and chocolate, Oaxaca cacao, and they even have the traditional tools to like froth up. Mm. So they'll make it with, uh, you can choose water or milk, but the more traditional is water. Mm-hmm. And they'll have basically their, their fresh like cocoa powder and they'll add all the spices and cinnamon and all that and they will froth it up with this like almost like a swizzle stick uh. but like a chocolate swizzle stick and you can actually buy them because they're the traditional way of making it mm-hmm. yeah so it makes sense because from Oaxaca a lot of the, the I mean there, there are mezcals from other states but Oaxaca is basically like the staple for the, the cap- mezcal, mezcal capital yeah. yeah so I can see the you know usually what grows together goes together mm-hmm. it's something that they say a lot in Mexico as well so mm-hmm. yeah it makes sense yeah. so it makes a lot of sense to have mezcal hot chocolate now my random chocolate fun fact mm-hmm. is actually when you're talking about chocolat, about the French, uh, back back in the colonial time, mm-hmm. uh, the French were really addicted to chocolate because back then they used to bring cacao from the New World mm-hmm. and they used to make a powder and they used to, it, it didn't taste how it tastes nowadays. They didn't go through the process of like toasting, grinding and ironing. They, the process was completely different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't sweetened, but because cacao had a lot of caffeine, so it's very similar to coffee, mm-hmm. they created this chocolate houses in France where people used to go 
and they used to just drink chocolate and get like pumped up on all their caffeine uh. and they used to spend all night gambling and talking yeah. and you have a lot of like artists that came out of like the writers and all that that came mm-hmm. out of the chocolate houses uh. so they used to have like, like coffee shops they used to have these this chocolate houses mm-hmm. and they were basically just hyper caffeinated cocoa pods basically they made into like this coffee so it's like it. an opium den but just with chocolate oh, but it, was, it was similar, similar <laughs> to coffee i think it's yeah. at that point coffee was probably i don't know this is me guessing it was more expensive or harder to get mm-hmm. and chocolate became and it was a very popular thing in france so they had chocolate houses yeah oh that's cool. kind of cool yeah no it was definitely that, cocaine yeah. though <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely cocaine yeah like, what goes together goes together i think is what you were saying before I arrived, Logan is like, let's not get too controversial or too political in this podcast. Well, there's no political. You said what grows together goes together. What else is growing right next to the cocoa plant? Yeah. Because you can still get cocoa leaves. Cocoa leaves are easy to get. We can get them here. Cacao and cocoa are not the same plants. No, they're definitely not the same plant. <laughs> what grows together goes together. That's what you're saying. All right, somebody yeah, just look at some South American geography. But, yeah. okay. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, you know, those cocoa houses in, in France were definitely, it's like Coca-Cola back in the day, because I know what you're talking about. They were no, still, uh, there were still stimulants in them, because nobody know they, like, knew they were bad. Cacao, the fruit, has a lot of caffeine, actually. Like, it's yeah. something that a lot of people yeah. don't know. Like, chocolate is actually, like... Very it's caffeinated. Like, it's like a red bean, too, right? It's like the cacao bean. I'm trying to think no, of... It's, it's like a it's big a pod. Big it's a pod, yeah. yeah. It's a big fruit, and the actual pulp, it's funny, because uh, it's, it's a Latin American fruit, right? We actually use the fruit mm-hmm. in Brazil. We will make like gems and cook and eat. Like it's it's like a you use the outside. Then inside you have all these seeds and they're like I don't know they're, they're like pods inside and they have like several of those. And the actual chocolate that we have is made out of that. Mm. But you can get a lot of the butter and the oils, a lot of the cocoa butter, out of the fruits and also the the coating around the seeds. Also, oh, oh. cocoa butter comes from the fruit part of the and they both. Pot. It's, it's okay. kind of like it's a seed. It's kind of like a nut. So it's really fatty. Mm-hmm. So similar to like. Um, cashews and all that like actually funny enough cashew is not a nut it's a seed oh, oh wow dropping facts oh. from, the, from the cashew fruit which by the way we eat it in Brazil a lot because I, I love cashew what do you fruit. call yeah. Brazil nuts in Brazil just nuts <laughs> actually it's called from a state it means like nuts of Pará Pará is a state mm-hmm. that's what we call Brazil because that's where they oh. come from how do you say in Portuguese castanha do Pará but you, so you, cashew fruit, you eat the fruit part? Oh, yeah, so it's sunny because the cashew fruit is delicious, but it has, um, it makes your tongue numb. It has, like, a uh, oh, really? an enzyme in it. Oh, interesting. So the way to neutralize it is with citrus, so with acid. So when we make, like, cashew juice, so we get the pulp and we put, like, in a blender, we always add, like, lime or lemon juice because then it neutralizes that numbing effect. Wow. And then it's a delicious fruit. So if you go to an international store or any Brazilian store or Taobao, you can find cashew juice, cashew pulp, and all that from Brazil, and they all neutralize with acid. With acid. That's, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool thing to learn. And it's really delicious. And then uh, it's, a, it's in a tree, right? So the fruit hangs. And then in the bottom, there's this big pod where mm-hmm. the seed is. And if you open it, that's the cashew nut. So you dry that seed, and that's the mm. nut. So it's one of those fake nuts. It's mm. actually a seed. So. And that's why you like it, maybe. You So you, do you like cashews? Yeah. Because you don't like nuts that much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, but drinks. yeah, <laughs> back to drinks. Um, what about hot? Okay, hot buttered rum. We we went on it for a second. We so, all agree on yeah. it. It's delicious. Yeah. What's so, your recipe for hot buttered rum for the people at home that want to follow a recipe? What's a good recipe for hot buttered rum? Okay, so I I do two ways. So I used to do classic, which you just put the butter in the rum with yeah. spices and sugar and all that and heat it up. Nowadays, I actually clarify the butter. I do like a fat wash. Okay. So I use. Rum and butter, I'll heat it up the butter first, so I'll add it to the rum, then I'll put it in the freezer, and then let it like solidify on top. Mm-hmm. 
take it out when you have this buttery rum. Mm -hmm. And then, depends, some people do with dairy or without, mm -hmm. but then from there you make basically a, a, like a spice syrup. Okay. And you can mix it up. Ooh, that sounds great. Yeah, and like whipped cream yeah. on top, because might as well, if you're going to have all that fat, yeah. for it. Cause it, because it, so the traditional way you talked about is you make a batter, basically, right? Hot buttered rum batter, it's called. Yeah. yeah. Where you mix the, you basically make a compound butter, right? Yeah. And then you, with all the spices and then mix it yes. with rum and, and hot water, I it, guess. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So uh, one of my favorite hot buttered rums when I wasn't vegetarian was uh, at Union Trading Company. They always make a, a bacon hot butter oh, rum, wow. and it's amazing. Yeah, you I definitely think have the chance for that one. <laughs> no, it's got some maple syrup in there, I think, but oh my God, it's so good. It's like it, it's just like a bacon and butter fat-washed rum, yeah. and then, yeah, you know, topped up with hey, the hot it, water. It's and a hot rum old-fashioned, but yeah. with butter and spices. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, it, the nice thing when I did a clarified one is that you have this completely, like, white liquid and then mm. you can have a floating whipped cream on top and it's Ooh, just floating on the and it's also nice but again it's, it's it's fat on fat but it's the season it's the season yeah, yeah this is the, oh, we're wearing winter clothes it's the whole point it's yeah hot to cover and, up and the lumps. lumps yeah um okay so um, we were talking about this before we started recording like alicia and i were talking about it okay so what i've seen when i go to like if i'm visiting family or anything in the villages it's like a lot of homemade baijo Mm -hmm. Every village, yeah. everybody's making their own baijiao, which I think I'm trying to think of wintery stuff for China, and we don't see it from a more Chinese perspective. Homemade baijiao or homemade? Like, I've always fruit, had homemade baijiao. Okay, because I I guess when I'm when I've traveled outside, it's more like homemade fruit wines and things yeah. like okay. that. Yeah, but I have not had the homemade baijiao. Now I guess. I'll get yeah. like the. Uh, be distilled though. A lot of people wouldn't do it at home. I think they infuse a lot of baijos. They'll get a local baijo and they will infuse the fruits and mm -hmm. spices and sugar. And yeah, that. Like, they can be too. Because I've had it like you know, it's the one with the shoot. What's the shamay? Uh, may what's the little red? Young may. Young may. Young may. Yeah, Yang so, Mei wine is Yang very, Mei is yeah. so good. Mm -hmm. But every time, like, I've had a lot of, like, Chinese New Year's. Basically, it's still the, the, the spring festival, but it's always in wintertime. Yeah, it's still cold. And so, yeah. like, that's what I'm trying to equate with, like, a, 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 how to bring it to China with the local drinking culture for winter yeah. drinks is not a hot drink. Yeah, Yang Mei is, for, for our listeners out there, sorry, Yang, Yang Mei is a Chinese bayberry is, is the best wax, translation. Wax yeah, wax, wax, yeah or we call it wax berry. It, yeah. Yeah. You, you can find it in specialty, like Asian supermarkets, especially frozen. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, wax berry. Yeah. 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 But yeah, you generally just don't, like, it's just strong alcohol. Yeah. I found, you know. But, yeah. but, but I think that hot cocktails are very, very popular in china i think that people always they like it. yeah they come in 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 the winter and ask you know what kind of hot drinks do you have yeah. which was i i guess in other places like yes we have our toddies and stuff like that but i don't usually go into a place you know outside of china and be like what hot cocktails do you have on the menu but a lot of people come up with that kind of thing here you know and so like even the other day i thought it was super weird but um there was a place here that had a hot pina colada which, oh, I had that the other day at Jay Borowski. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's not where that's not where I was thinking of. I was oh, yeah, thinking no, of, no, he um, had a hot. Uh, what did it was it like? Yes, it was something similar to that. Okay, yeah, I, it was at like Bites and Brews or something. Hey, they I had could a, see it. Yeah, yeah, it was tasty. But it, it this one you know you could get it without alcohol actually, and but it was cool. but I had yeah I had a sip and I was like oh, this is better than I thought it would be. But when I saw it on the menu, I was like that sounds terrible. Again, we're having a coconut eggnog is basically an like eggnog it. can be served hot. Yeah, yeah. 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 
But also in Brazil, we, we eat hot pineapple because we put it in the barbecue. Mm, I oh, love the barbecue, barbecue awesome. pineapple, so, so yeah. So I can see like a, a hot like pineapple mm. and some coconut milk. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, they all, they all translate. I think translate well. It translates, okay. It's just not what you imagine, right? Yeah. Um, but also like when it comes to um, Chinese drinking, I think it's also so regional here. Mm-hmm. It goes yeah. from like province to province. Because I did a, a one of the Christmas uh, four years ago. I decided to go hideaway and I went to the mountains in like near Lijian, so mm-hmm. like Yulong Mountains and all that. Mm-hmm. And they have a mix of Chinese and Tibetan culture there. Mm-hmm. And the drinks, they have a lot of hot drinks. Butter tea. Yeah, the butter tea. Like, so the yak butter tea. Yeah. And they actually do add baijo if you want. Oh. Actually, like, cool. That's very cool. Yeah. So like, I have that. And also they have a lot of the rose liqueurs that they do in the winter season. Mm-hmm. Because it's like rose season as well, so I think they get all the petals and they infuse oh, with baijiu. Oh, nice! But they're not warm. And those are those are like room temps, are yeah. normally, and yeah. they're just like baijiu infused with roses. And they have a lot of other drinks. But then if you go to like Dongbei, like the north of China, they do have a lot of warm drinks. I'm mm. not I mean, familiar with the recipes here, but like they do have, um, they do have. It's very regional, but they do have their seasonal winter drinks. Okay, that's mm. interesting. I mean, yeah, because we always want to learn more and do and do better yeah. as, as guests in the country. So I think it's cool to learn this kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, I mean, as bartenders in China, do you guys feel that if you're doing a guest shift or, you know, owning a bar or restaurant in the winter, do you feel like you have to have hot cocktails on the menu? Girl, even in the summer, they'll walk in the summer, it's like 40 degrees out and they're like, do you have any hot drinks? Oh. <laughs> yeah, hot drinks, are, drinks are clutch. Yeah. All I like to do is make my drinks black. Okay. You think I do? <laughs> There's activated charcoal in it. Oh, do you know no, activated? I don't, I don't do activated charcoal. Oh, I love it. I didn't realize this, and I did a guest shift at the W like two weeks ago, and I didn't realize activated charcoal cancels birth control. Oh, and, and many other medications, so it's, it can be kind of dangerous because people don't know. Yeah, but I didn't know that, and then all these people were on first dates, yeah. and they were at the hotel. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't totally negate it, but yeah, it does because uh-huh. because an activated charcoal is something that will clear out your. So like if you're having like a bad stomach situation, like you can use it to help kind of like clear yourself out oh, or yeah. toxicity. Like if you actually yeah. something dangerous and all that activated charcoal yes. will like soak yeah. in the the toxins, but right. it also soaks in medication that's right. being absorbed by your uh, yeah, small yeah. yeah so you do stuff. have to be careful <laughs> yep. yeah, having I, that a lot of babies are made at the Westin yeah. for the Crimson Pangolin the W the W not oh, the Westin oh that's okay I, I put a lot of activated charcoal everywhere I go no, but I don't, I'm like Johnny Appleseed <laughs> it's the same It's the same charcoal. family of hotels I don't, like, anyway. I don't like using it because I think like a lot of people and I had this discussion before in an event that I that I had to use it because it was a request from the mm-hmm. from the client and I mentioned to the client like I don't like it because you know, it cancels out medication, all that. And then they said, well, it should be the customer's choice. And I don't think most customers know that. No. So you And what are you going to put a disclaimer on your menu? Yeah, you're going like, to put a disclaimer, right? So I prefer, if I want to make a drink black, I prefer stuff like squid ink. Oh, no. Squids are magnificent creatures. I watch Octopus Teacher. No, but you know, you know what I'm saying? There, there are other ways to get the black color. You can also get a food grade food coloring that's black. Okay. And yeah. it's like safer. Mm-hmm. I just don't like using activated No, I like to play God. Yeah. I like to play God. I like to cancel birth controls and heart medications. Oh, maybe the same. So maybe the same drink. Well, so actually, dark. Actually activate it. Again, remember and the disclaimer said, guys, of like, let's not be controversial. <laughs> no, that was I said about certain political things, not about activated charcoals. Mm-hmm. With that said, do we have any other final thoughts about hot drinks? No. Hot toddies are amazing. Hot toddies, hot toddies, hot toddies for your body are the way to go. We hot toddies the easiest thing. Anybody listening at home. This is the easiest, best one you can do. I, I recommend, and I think you guys will back me up, grab your local honey, because I think a lot of places yeah. have great local honey. Yeah. 
grab some really nice lemons or citrus. Mm -hmm. I like a really citrusy hot toddy. That's just my taste with really good honey. Me too. Mm -hmm. uh, grab your favorite whiskey. Um, don't. I, I'm not a big rye whiskey for hot toddies, but some people I like, like it. I like rye in my hot toddy. And then, you know, hot water, and you have a party. I mean, you could... Hot toddy is like an omelet, and, like, you could... It's a it's a starting point. You do a lot more stuff, but as long as you have a good local honey, your hot toddy is gonna be amazing. So can I can I bring like two hot toddies that like I absolutely like and it's easy to make at home as well. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite hot toddies is actually a ginger hot toddy. So we use mm. like you can just. Blend. But it's just like an omelet. It's a it's yeah. a canvas that you could add more stuff to. So you can just blend some ginger in the blender with a little bit of water. Strain that out. So you have a ginger mm -hmm. juice, and we put some averna, some mm. whiskey, some ginger, some honey, or just sugar if you like, mm -hmm. and then hot water and spices, like add some cinnamon to it yeah. and all that. Mm -hmm. But one that I actually, I'm gonna, gonna name drop myself because mm -hmm. I've done it for world class a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you can get some like smoky whiskey, like a talisker, like a peated whiskey. Yeah. And passion fruit and black tea. Ooh. Ooh that sounds really good. So you put good. fresh passion fruit, just cut it in half, throw the seeds in there, put make some black tea syrup, some lemon, some mm -hmm. like peated whiskey, and add hot water in an orange twist. And that sounds if you great. follow us on Instagram, this recipe, I promise you, this time will be on Instagram. <laughs> follow us on Instagram, and we'll have Anna's recipe for the passion fruit talisker or smoky. Yeah, well, any peated, any, any peated whiskey, whiskey yeah. hot toddy. Alicia, what do you, what do you got? I love that. I uh, I did one last year for the, you know, the you guys remember the cookies and cocktail yeah. thing um that i that i quite liked which is you used a lapsong souchong tea mm -hmm. and a smoky whiskey and we put a like a just a drop of spice syrup and some wood bitters and so it was kind of like this campfire toddy Ooh, which nice. which i really that, that was one that That's i fun, really yeah. really liked yeah but i do like the i i want to try this passion for one because yeah. i love the i love the smoky really element yeah. in it in and a also, toddy. Yeah. i think they would balance each other the smoky and the passion i love yeah, the smoky yeah and a lot of people smoky, see passion fruit yeah. as such like a tropical summer thing but then when you have it hot is actually surprisingly yeah well that's why i want to try well, it so yeah quite nice. it sounds really delicious well we didn't i know we're closing out here but we didn't talk about the the most the one of the most famous hot uh holiday drinks which is the smoking bishop what the yeah, smoking that's the one bishop. that's so famous nobody knew about it in it, the it is no it's from it's it, jonathan taylor thomas of it's, hot drinks. it's basically like the original mulled wine that, okay. and it came and it came from the church it, it came from like it's it's a, like a satire in a glass kind of thing it, it's from this uh class of drinks called ecclesiastics oh, wow. where like people made they would so they would even serve it like in uh it's for punch the yes it, well the, the people would serve it in like punch bowls that looked like the pope's hat and things like oh, that that's fun. yeah nice. and so um they're supposed to be kind of like th this these satirical drinks but it's basically um so like they should call it ecclesiastics uh, yeah <laughs> why because it's a drink oh oh so <laughs> ecclesiastics 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 yeah um but yeah uh another well, fruit still fruit i'm sorry <laughs> another literature drop um in a christmas carol dickens you know most I famous dickens. christmas i did mention dickens earlier yeah, yeah you did yeah thing. see i mean a broke clock is right yeah, twice a day you no know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh when scrooge finally decides to be nice uh he drink he drinks it with um what's his name what's his name tom also the, he decides the little to be boy nice. tom right uh he's still rich tiny tim tiny tim easy, easy no who's tiny tim's dad easy bob cratchit i don't know mark Walden. cratchit is, uh, is no. that not his 
And then all I know is that the best of times was the worst of times. Yeah, there's a tale of two cities. No, not the tale of two cities, damn it. <laughs> anyway, they make Girl up and they, they drink a glass <laughs> they drink a glass of smoking they drink a glass of smoking bishop. And so I tried to make this drink uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. And so it's basically it's like red wine and port wine and um, oranges and back back to the cloves, okay? So you you actually so you stud oranges with cloves and then you yeah. put them in the oven. Oh. Yeah, and yeah. so then oh, it gets I all roasty. Yeah. yeah, and then oh. you squeeze the oranges into your wine, and then there's like oh, honey so you and peel the orange. You're studying it first. Yeah, you, you, put, you oh, stud oh, it, oh, roast it, and then you juice the oh, oranges. Wow, oh. that's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, and then there's like a bit of a bit of honey and whatever. Yeah, is awesome. is really good. Honey yeah, honey. yeah, it's okay, actually wait, quite also, good. I know I know we're running out of time, but you're gonna edit anyway. It's gonna be shorter. Yeah. Port flips for Christmas. Port wine flip? Yeah. Mm. Like a New York sour or? No, 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 like a flip. Like, like a full flip. Egg and like egg, port wine. Egg, sugar, and wine, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. It, well, you can add more because usually are fortified because port, you know, it's not so, it's quite sweet and not so alcoholic. So you can add some brandy or something, but yeah. you can just have like a nice flip of some port is also very Christmas. It's a dessert drink. You have like a small one because it's heavy, but some good stuff too. Mm-hmm. Awesome, guys. I think we got a lot of great mm-hmm. stuff. Um, we learned a lot more than we ever knew about eggnog. And yeah. What's it called? Squidbilly? What's the name? A squibble? Sm- smoking Bishop? No, no, no. no the, the first the one. First one the... the Latin name. Squidsidalia? Syllabub? Syllabub. Syllabub is the, is the flip, the original flip. Ah. Uh, they, 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 they shortened it down. Posset. Posset was the, yeah, yeah, was the medieval the drink. For you. Yeah, the faucet with my boy Little Wayne. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much. Kevin, play us out. And enjoy your holidays. Cheers, everybody. Yay!